There are two readings this morning. Um, the first is from Ezekiel, chapter 36, verses 25 to 28. And it's found on 774 in the Bibles. sprinkle clean water on you and you will be clean I will cleanse you from all your impurities and from all your idols I will give you a new heart and put a new spirit in you I will remove from you your heart of stone and give you a heart of flesh And I will put my spirit in you and move you to follow my decrees and be careful to keep my laws. You will live in the land I gave you, your forefathers. You will be my people and I will be your God. And now Acts chapter 2 verses 42 to 47. They devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and to the fellowship, to the breaking of bread and to prayer. Everyone was filled with awe and many wonders and miraculous signs were done by the apostles. All the believers were together and everything in common. Selling their possessions and goods, they gave to anyone as he had need. Every day they continued to meet together in the temple courts. They broke bread in their homes and ate together with glad, sincere hearts praising God and enjoying the the favour of all the people. And the Lord added to their number daily those who were being saved. This is the word of the Lord. Thank you, Penny. Where the Holy Spirit is, society is changed. I know Carl had impacted here, but my old-fashioned English reminds me of sledgehammers and meteorites when I think of impact. But society changes dramatically. There is no such thing as society. Who said that? Margaret Thatcher, 1987, an interview with Woman's Own. She was turning her attention to the matter of benefits and the growing sense of entitlement that she sensed around her. And this is what she said. It went too far. If children have a problem, it's society that is at fault. There's no such thing as society. 
There is a living tapestry of men and women, people and the beauty of that tapestry and the quality of our lives will depend upon how much each of us is prepared to take responsibility. Responsibility for ourselves and how much each of us is prepared to turn round and help by our own efforts those who are unfortunate. A much maligned quotation. But when Margaret Thatcher said there was no such thing as society, what she meant was we couldn't blame our ills on society as if it were some autonomous entity. Our own behaviour affects how society behaves. And we have to accept responsibility. She wanted to shift the emphasis away from a, a sense of entitlement to a sense of responsibility. Every benefit, she said, is paid for by individual people. And these contributions of individual people are how we play our part in society. So how did this notion of individual responsibility work out in the early church? Let's just remind ourselves. All the believers were together and had everything in common, giving to anyone as they had need. Daily they met together in the temple courts and in their homes. This was a distinctive fellowship. It enjoyed the favour of all the people. There was something about it. It was attractive. So what was it? that made it attractive. I can think of three things, <clears throat> not necessarily in any order. Firstly, togetherness. They shared common teaching. Notice that the disciples are now called apostles. A disciple is a follower. An apostle is a messenger. So having done their learning, having completed their studentship, they are now going out as messengers to bring the good news. So they shared that common teaching. They met together every day. They ate together. They prayed together. They worshipped together. Their formal lives, learning in the temple courts, their informal lives spontaneously meeting in each other's houses eating together those things were together they shared their experience secondly they cared for each other in our passage from Ezekiel God says I'll take from you your heart of stone and give you a heart of flesh don't think Paul and his letters here in flesh. Think of soft, caring. God wants us to have soft hearts, not hearts of stone. And he does that by putting his spirit in us. They cared for each other. The spirit moved them to selfless generosity. They gave up things that were very culturally important. A little later we hear about somebody selling a field. Think back to Ezekiel. I will give you the land I promised your forefathers. 
culturally, possession of the land is a very significant thing. Possession of livestock and family are also important. But here we are. They sold their possessions as needed to give to those as they had need. The whole community benefited. They didn't necessarily have to like each other, but they cared for each other. This is love in action, if you like. This is a decision about how to live your life, a moral compass dictating how you look after those least able to look after themselves. And thirdly, perhaps most important, their whole focus was on God. They learnt from the apostles. They prayed together. They worshipped together. The Holy Spirit moved in signs and wonders. Their life was about God. So three things. Togetherness. Caring for each other. Focusing on God. There are the marks of that remarkable community that found favour with everyone. It didn't just find favour with the members of the community, it found favour in wider society, amongst the heathens. It was attractive. And daily, God added to their number. But as you add to the number, a community changes. In a large community, individual actions have less effect on the community as a whole. Only in remarkable circumstances can we see individuals whose behaviour influenced society more generally. I'm led to think of notable philanthropic businessmen, Cadbury, Roundtree, and I'm not talking just about the chocolate here. Roundtree introduced the first occupational pensions these families, as well as making splendid chocolate, built houses for their workers, built schools, provided for those who couldn't manage. They looked after their workforces. Amazing, I thought. Has anybody heard of the Giving Pledge? There are only 183 members of the Giving Pledge. Most of them are billionaires. The Giving Pledge was set up in 2010 by Warren Buffett and Bill Gates. They pledged to give half of their net wealth to philanthropic causes. And they have been joined by 181 other extraordinarily rich people from all across the globe, from every culture and every society, very wealthy people who have pledged to give half of their wealth to make a difference. But Cadbury and Roundtree, and these 183, are the exceptions. That's why we remark upon it, because it is remarkable. That's not, in general, how society works. 
Individual action cannot always be enough. You and I cannot organise between us the National Health Service, whose birthday we remember today. We cannot care for all the disabled or the long-term sick. We can't run all the schools. We can't provide for those who've lost their jobs or who are too old or ill to work. We can't tackle widespread problems of homelessness, of poverty. For such things, society is capable of organised action. This is why we elect governments to do the things together that we cannot do alone. And I was reminded of a contemporary of Cadbury and Roundtree, Lord Shaftesbury, who chose to make a difference in a different way. He went into politics. After six months in the House of Commons, he was offered a job in the government. He turned it down and sat on a number of influential select committees. The first of them led to what was called the Lunacy Act. They looked at care for the mentally ill in what were then called lunatic asylums and were horrified at what they discovered. Shaftesbury later joined the government and was responsible for legislation in a number of key areas. Children who went down the mines or up the chimneys, child labour in general, education, factory reform. Nowadays we take these things, nearly all of them, for granted and expect our government to accept the principles that Shaftesbury laid down, that we care for those least able to care for themselves. We accept the principles of health care for all, of education for all, and we accept that the government provides benefits for those least able to cope. So society organises these things. But remember, society is not that autonomous beast, that thing with a mind of its own. It is comprised, as Margaret Thatcher said, of individual men and women, of families, of people. This means that what society is, is what we help to make it. And not only can we participate, as we saw in the early church, in our own community, we can spread our influence wider. We might help to campaign. Many of you, I'm sure, give money to organisations which seek to change the way the world is, the way society is. That's part of it. We might actively campaign, we might give. We might support people who do, whether they are non-government organisations or whether they are politicians. I don't necessarily mean here in getting involved politically that there is a party political issue here. This is part of contributing to society. 
If you care about how society works, how it plans for the future, how it looks after itself now, then perhaps you need to look at Lord Shaftesbury. Not many of us have the gifts to be a Lord Shaftesbury, an influential politician with a strong moral compass. But we can support those that we identify these things in. We can campaign. We can vote. We can take our responsibilities. So two ways then that we are involved. One is individually in our individual actions, following the promptings of the soft heart that the Holy Spirit gives us. And the other is to take that soft heart and see a bigger picture, which only together we can accomplish by whatever means we see fit whether it's political, whether it's a monetary support. But care. Find out what you care about. Do something about it. So, let's just sum up. We have hearts of flesh, soft hearts. This is the gift of the Holy Spirit. This influences how we behave. And that knocks on to our immediate community, our family, our wider family. But society is big, so we can also influence more widely, politically, financially. And in doing these things, we seek to find the attitudes and behaviour that we read about in the early church. We seek to find those things in the society in which we live. Your kingdom come on earth. It's already there in heaven. Your kingdom come on earth. The Holy Spirit changes us. That change affects all of us and all those around us. We can influence our community. We can influence wider society if we choose. So there's the question. Are you going to choose? I heard it said the other day that there is no movement better placed to change society than the church. Um, the church is the organisation that has more volunteers than anywhere else, <laughs> than anything else. But more than that, we have Jesus, which is what this society we believe needs.